Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvotisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Well, this morning I want to talk about setting goals and the power to transform your life. See, we're in the final days of the month of Elul. The high holy days are fast approaching us. This is traditionally a time of year for introspection and repentance, and that is the Hebrew word teshuva. It is a time when we reflect and look at our lives. I want to start off with a well-known verse from Shaul's letter to the Romans. If we could start by pulling that up. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Familiar verse. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Don't be conformed to this world. God wants you to be a nonconformist. Do you see that? God created you to be unique. God created you to be special. Did your mom and dad ever tell you you were special? I hope so, when you were growing up. Well, it's the same thing with God. In fact, God has always wanted Israel to be special. And that's why he gave certain rules and laws in his Torah about pretty much every aspect of life. Now, some of these laws and these, these uh, rules were obvious for your health, for your well-being, being and for uh, living as a community together and getting along. Others were not so obvious. But they all stand to say, you are unique people. You are unique people, and you don't conform like everybody else, especially all those other guys out there that are worshiping multiple gods and building images and such. Now, transforming involves changes in your life, and it certainly can involve repentance. It can involve some reflection and some deep thinking. Where am I? What do I want to do when I grow up? What do I want to be? What, what, what does God want me to do? What does He want me to stand for? One of the ways to affect change in your life is to set goals. Setting goals can be thought of as a special sauce of transformation, a special sauce of renewing. This morning, I want to give you six reasons why goal setting has the power to transform your life, and that transformation like we're talking about in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. But number one, the number one reason we want to set goals is because goal setting is a spiritual responsibility. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, God sets goals. He set goals in His Word. He set goals for the universe. He set goals for our earth. He sets goals for history. He sets goals for eternity 
and he sets goals for you. Yeshua set goals. He said, I'm going to do this and this, and it's going to happen on this date, and it did. He said, I'm going to take care of this, do that, and it happened. The apostle Shaul had goals too. Let's look at an example of what he says. This is in Philippians in chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. It says, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Yeshua took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Messiah Yeshua. See, setting goals is a spiritual responsibility. And you're either going to set goals in your life or other people are going to set them for you. If you don't decide or you set your own goals, you abdicate control to others to, in effect, control, take over your life. You end up reacting. That's not living. That's reacting. You end up coasting and drifting. You end up wasting your life because you have not clarified what is important. Number two, goals are statements of faith. Now, some might say, you know, isn't that a a business thing? Isn't that a secular thing? You know, you go in your job and you've got to set your goals, your objectives for the year, or you have a five-year plan. You've got to do this, this, and this. No. It's a spiritual habit that you need to develop. It It can go something like this. I believe that God wants me to accomplish such and such by this period of time. You set a goal in faith. The bigger your goal, the more your faith is going to be stretched. Let me say this. If something is a sure thing, there's no faith involved. Hebrews chapter 6, I mean, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's a pretty powerful statement. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you're going through just that coasting in life, not setting any goals, not walking, operating in faith, you're not pleasing God. It's that simple. If you don't have any goals, you're not going to have much faith. And if you don't have faith, you're not going to please God. If I don't have any goals... Well, you know, take any risks. You know, you're just, you're mellowed out, easy going. You know, you're kind of just not, not rocking the boat, no, no waves, nothing. You don't have any goals. You don't need to take any risks. And if you're not taking any risks, there's no faith. And if there's no faith, it's basically unfaithfulness. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do far beyond all that we ask or imagine by means of his power that works in us. God is able to do far more than anything that we can ask or imagine. 
anything that you can ask or imagine, it's like, he's like uber above that. How big are your dreams? Well, how big is your God? When I was, when I was putting together this, it reminded me of an old gospel song I, I, I heard years and years ago. It's called, We Got a Great Big Wonderful God. Has anybody ever heard that? We got a great big wonderful God. We got a great big wonderful God. A God who's always victorious, always watching over us. A great big wonderful God. Kind of goes on like that. But, I mean, it's a great statement of faith in that song. Let the size of your God determine the size of your goal. You got a great big wonderful God, you can have a great big wonderful goal. Remember, goals are statements of faith. You know, if you set a big goal, there may be some naysayers. Oh, yes. There may be some people saying, who does he think he is? Did you hear what she said? You got to be kidding. What are they talking about? Who do they think they are? The question should be, who do they think God is, right? If you have a big God, you can have a big goal. Tiny God, tiny goal. No God, no goal. Mm-mm. I dare you to have big dreams. You know how people like to describe if they think, well, this is what hell would be like? Think about this. I, hell to me would be that when I die, God reveals to me, says, here's what your life would have been like, what it could have been if you had just believed a little bit more. This is what all it could have done, what you could have accomplished, the life you could have lived if you just believed a little bit more. And then we say, oh, jeez. You know, that's why it, it would, having faith, setting goals. If we make, we make two common mistakes when we set goals. We tend to set them too low, and we try to accomplish them too quickly. And we end up overestimating what we can do in one year and underestimating what we can do in 10 years. We want it now, and we want it quick, and if it doesn't happen, then we say give up, right? Goals can take time. The difference between a dream and a goal is that the goal has a deadline. It's got a finish line. If you don't have a date on it, your goal is just a dream. Goals are a statement of faith, and they have a time. Yeshua said in Matthew chapter 9, verse 29, and this is when he healed two blind men, he said, according to your faith, let it be done for you. According to your faith, let it be done for you. Don't be afraid to go out on a limb. Think about it. That's where the fruit is, out on the limb. Don't be afraid to get out of the boat. I talked about that the last time I was up here. If Yeshua is there bidding you come, don't be afraid to get out of the boat. Number three, goals focus my energy. This summer, I went to uh, the UMJC conference in Chicago, which is the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations. I had an opportunity to sit down with Rabbi Russ Resnick, who is the executive director emeritus of the UMJC. He's also a counselor. And uh, 
I had a chance to sit down with him, and I said, Rabbi Russ, I've just, I'll be honest, I'm feeling like I don't have any focus in my life right now. I'm just feeling a lack of energy. And uh, I had retired in, in 2016, or 2016 from uh, Altria Corporation, and so I was all excited about this retirement. Then I got to retirement, it's like, okay, I don't have to get up at a certain time. I don't have to be any place at a certain time. And I was just coasting. I was coasting. But after several months of this, so, you know, it's like, wait a minute. You know, I, I had all this great plan, and I'm not doing anything. You know, I said, well, I'm going to do this one every time. I'm going to do that one every time. And it's like, it's not happening. And he, and he said, well, David, where, where's your goals? Where's your timeline? And I said, oh, you're right. I don't have any plan in place. I haven't, I haven't set specific goals and say, I'm going to do this when and that. So I started doing that. And things have been happening. You know, I've, like, as with worship leading, it's, I said, okay, I'm going to put time for songwriting. I wrote a song. I said, I'm going to take piano lessons. I started piano lessons, right, Juan? <laughs> so, so, yes, putting goals together with, you know, with, with is a, a statement and a, and a timeline makes a difference, whether it's for ministry, for business, and aspects of your home life. Goals keep us from wasting our time. They keep each of us from, from wasting our money, our resources. They keep us focused. You need to focus your life to be effective. Not the old jack-of-all-trades, master of none, as the saying goes. Focused. Think about it. Diffused light has little or no power. It's nice, but there's no power to it. But focus sunlight with a magnifying glass, and you can burn through paper. Focus light through a laser, and you can burn through steel. Or you can use it to kill cancer. Life is full of distractions. You can waste your life. You can spend your life. The key to being effective in life is to do what matters most. Now, forget about everything else, all the distractions. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 26. Shaul again says, Don't you know that in a stadium the runners all run? All but one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may win. Every competitor exercises self-control in all respects. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we do it to receive an imperishable one. So I run in this way, not aimlessly, so I box in this way, not beating the air. Look, he says, I'm not shadow boxing. I'm in the ring. This is the real thing. I'm in the ring against an opponent. I'm not playing air guitar. I'm not playing a video game. We're in the real thing and part of life. Don't run without a goal. You wind up running in circles. You might get lost off the beaten path. We need to keep focused. Number four, goals keep me going. They give me hope to keep me going. When you are going through hell, keep going. Why would you want to stop in hell? You know, think about it. If you're on a, you're on a train and the train stops and you get off and the, and the sign on the station says hell, like, 
Why would you want to stay there? I'm going to get back on the train and keep moving. I don't want to stay there. If your life is like that right now, get back on the train. Get moving. Keep pressing on in your goal. Get pressing on to your destination. Yeshua suffered the execution stake, knowing and looking forward to what lay ahead, the resurrection. Can you imagine anything more difficult? He had to endure that suffering, yet he endured it knowing the final end goal. His fulfillment was our redemption. In the book of Job, Job asked, what is my strength that I should hope? What is my end that I should endure? During the Holocaust, there was a common trait among those that survived the cruelty, the starvation, the horrible conditions in the camps. I've shared before about the life of Dr. Viktor Frankl, a Jewish psychiatrist who survived Auschwitz and several other camps. Viktor Frankl and so many of these other survivors had one thing in common. They all had a goal. They all looked forward to something, something that made them want to survive. Whether it was a loved one, a family member, it was a purpose, something that they had to complete, something that said, I've got to survive to finish. They had something to live for, and they did. Goals keep me going. Looking back, I'm grateful I didn't give up on a lot of things. I'm even more grateful that God didn't give up on me. Did you ever feel like giving up? I know I have, many times. Sometimes I thought, well, there's somebody with better training, whether it's with music or speaking, or someone has better personality, someone has more talent. But no, I kept going, pressing on. Long-term goals keep you from being discouraged by short-term setbacks. You're not going to succeed without failures. Look at some famous people like Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln lost election after election after election until finally he was elected president. Of course, now is known one of our greatest presidents of all time. Thomas Edison, the great inventor, known for inventing the light bulb and other things. He tried time and time again and failed and failed and failed and failed, but he didn't give up. He pressed on. Success is often many small steps, not one big leap. If you are discouraged and feeling blue, maybe time to set some goals to help you keep going. Number five, goals build my character. When you set a goal, you set a vision. The Bible says, without vision, my people perish. The greatest thing is not the goal itself, though. But what happens inside you is you pursue your goal. God is more interested in your character than really any of your accomplishments. He's more interested in who you are and what you can become than what you've accomplished. You don't take your career, you don't take your possessions to heaven, but that character that's built within you stays on. The cool thing is that when you're working on a goal, God is working on you. He's working on you to do of his will and good pleasure. Number six, 
good goals will be rewarded. Proverbs 11, verse 27 says, Whoever seeks good, whoever seeks good finds favor. Good goals build honor and respect. 1 Corinthians 9, 25 says, Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Not every goal is, is, is a good goal. Not every goal is a goal that God is going to bless. So how do I know if God is going to bless my goal? Well, let's see. ask yourself three questions. And there they are. Number one, will this goal honor God? Does it bring glory to Him? What kind of goal honors God? Any kind of goal that causes you to trust Him more, depend on Him more, to love Him more, to love others, to serve Him more, to serve others more. You see, you were bought at a price. And God honors, God will honor you with your bodies. So honor, you need to honor, honor him with your bodies is what I'm saying. What you do, how you set your goals and what you accomplish. So honoring him. Whatever, in verse, Corinthians verse 10, verse 31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You can honor God by washing the dishes. You can honor God by ministering to those in need. You can honor God by giving shelter, by acts of kindness. Doing it with the right motive and with the heart of gratitude. So, honoring God is the question. Number two, is this goal motivated by love? God will bless a goal that is motivated by love. God will not bless a goal motivated by greed. God will not bless a goal motivated by envy or worry or fear or anxiety or guilt. Shaul exhorted followers of Yeshua to use their spiritual gifts, but number one was love. Be motivated by love. That means Loving the unlovable and the loveless, not just the lovely. If you set loveless goals, you're going to view people as projects, as things. So, loving those that are unlovable, loving those that need love desperately. They're not a project. They're a person. Is my goal motivated by love? Number three, will the goal require depending on God? Remember Hebrews 6? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Proverbs 16.9 says, The heart of man plans his course, but Adonai directs his step. You see, we get to plan, but only God can give the direction to allow us to complete our goals. If God is not in your plan, then it can just come to naught. You need God's Spirit to empower you. Zechariah 4, verse 6 says, not by, not by might, not by power, 
but my ruach, says Adonai Sevaot, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You can't do it by yourself. God's spirit has got to be in it. You've got to be in alignment with God. It's got to be dependent upon God. If you want to see transformation in your life, set goals. Setting godly goals will strengthen your relationship with him. It will bless you, give you meaning and purpose. You will make a difference in your own life and in the lives of the people around you. Remember, if you're not walking by faith, you're not pleasing God. Trust him. Like the old Air Force recruiting slogan, aim high. God will give you a full life and take you to amazing places. Shabbat Shalom.